Tyler Smith. And I'm Jenny Smith. And this is Worth Playing For, the Survivor podcast. Well, another week and another, in my opinion, wonderful episode. Absolutely. They are batting <sighs> a thousand. There's not been a, a, a dud in the bunch so far. There have been a couple dull ones, but then even Tribal rejuvenates them. Yeah, like even when the vote is fairly obvious... The tribal is still theatrical and ridiculous. Uh, you know, you see this is people wonderful implode. casting. Yeah, this really. And what's interesting is, I was thinking um, that I would put together a, a blog post of uh, the people that I would like to see come back for an all star season. Mm-hmm. And I was, uh, I was limiting myself, which is it has to be it's people, it has to be people past uh, season twenty, which sure. is the last. Well, aside from um, Second Chances, mm-hmm. that was the last official like all-star season. So it would be since then people that only played once. They could, and then I think I said uh, f- no more than four winners. So sure. and then ten men, ten women. That was the rule. Winners aren't that much fun anyway. They can be. You never know. Parvati was still a lot of fun. That's true. Yeah. I forget. JT was. Trying a lot of stuff <laughs> Ooh, yeah. the second time. It didn't all work out, but... But good know. for him for trying. Because with winners, I think what you get is you get people who either try to play the way they did before, or they realize, okay, everyone's on to me, so I need to do a different kind of thing. So, you know, and then you get somebody like Sandra who did the exact same thing and won the exact same way. <sighs> so, um, but yeah, I was thinking about that, and I was hard-pressed to... F- Think of people from this season. Now, the season's not over yet, obviously, but I found myself thinking like, okay, who would I want to bring back? And individually, I couldn't think of very many. There's something really? about this cast that as a group works, but individually, I have a hard time thinking of, of you know, the Sydney people I want Sydney is very interesting. She's very interesting, She makes yes. good moves in the game. She gives great confessionals. Mm-hmm. Debbie is hilarious. And would be interesting to see come back. Yeah, I guess so. I would. I personally would never have her back because those types of characters I'm not interested in but seeing. But they need those in an all-star season. Yeah, that's true. You can't have just pure strategy. Occasionally no. you need like a Keith and a Wu and Coach and yes. stuff like that. Um, I think if Scott came back, it would be very interesting to watch him bounce off of other people. Because right now you can tell his behavior throughout the season has been consistently reactionary to what other people are doing. It's interesting that you say that because I agree with you completely, except I would swap out Scott for Jason. I think Jason is a better player and I think he's better TV and I think he's better able to adapt to what he needs to do. Sure. Like I was thinking in terms of uh, uh, this uh, fantasy uh, all-star season that I was thinking of. Um, would not necessarily be a hero's villains, but it occurred to me that like when people talk about good villains, they talk about the people like the idea. It's like, oh, this is the person you love to hate. You know, somebody like a Randy or a Russell or something like that. Um, then there are the people you just hate. Mm-hmm. Like people don't people don't like Colton. Right. He's more than a villain. He's just a bad person. Scott, I think, is more that. 
Jason, however, because he can make jokes that make you laugh and because he can be charismatic, I think he falls more into the traditional survivor villain uh, mold. And so I feel like if they were if they were to do another Heroes and Villains and brought Jason back on the Villains Tribe, I think he would fit in really well. I agree with that. Um, and I did want to br- mention something very briefly about Scott. This is a uh, tangential to what we were talking about, but um, so my friend, uh, our our friend Jason and myself, we were we were out at Denny's one night, and I was telling him about Survivor because he's a basketball fan, and I said, "Hey, we there's a." a uh, former basketball player that uh, is doing fairly well. And so we took the time to look up Scott okay. uh, in the NBA and, uh, and to look up. Um, now we were just looking up like stats okay, and the teams that he had played for and stuff like that. What we were greeted with was a tremendous, and this is not a word I use lightly, a tremendous tool. Uh, specifically, if you do a Google image search for Scott Pollard, um, you will get a guy who you will see like a collection of images where he's doing goofy things with his facial hair, goofy things with his hair, like constantly try it's, it's, it looks as though he's trying to manufacture a personality mm-hmm. rather than actually just have one. Mm-hmm. Like he's trying to a- approximate a Dennis Rodman type thing. Uh, and it just seems, and it seems so out of character for what I know Scott as, but then you realize like, hey, he doesn't have much of a personality here. Uh, he's aggressive and he's kind of petty at times. And it's just like, I could see this being the type of guy who, when he's in a sport, just feeling like I'm going to do whatever I want. I'm, I'm going to do crazy things with my hair. And, uh, and I was immediately put off when I saw all those images. If you're somebody who likes experimenting with your hair, that's one thing, but somehow with this guy doing it, it just seems like someone who's trying to not merely get attention, but trying to uh, develop a persona. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I don't know. It's, and the fact that I know who Dennis Rodman is, but I didn't know who Scott Pollard was. I feel like that speaks to, yeah, it needs to flow naturally out of the, out of the persona you already have, as opposed to a, a manufactured thing. I think I would be curious to know because I don't follow basketball. That mm-hmm. is probably one of my least favorite sports, but that each sport seems to generate a culture of hmm, like how you present yourself. Yeah. Football players are one way. Baseball players are another for sure. Um, and it's interesting that you compare him to Dennis Rodman, who is another basketball player. Mm-hmm does basketball itself generate this culture of like trying to be weird and different in this way? What, how would he have responded if he were in a different professional league? Yeah, there does. I mean, there does seem to be like the concept because more so than baseball or football, there's the idea of being a ball hog. Like you need to be able to, pass it to other teammates. You can do it as many times as you want, as many times as is necessary. But if somebody, I don't know, there, there's, there's a team mentality, but it's also very possible Mm -hmm. to be Mm self-focused and really play up who you are and be, it's like, I'm going to make myself a superstar. There's only so much you can do that in baseball or even football. Right. Um, I assume knowing almost nothing about football. I think football, you can a little bit more, but not in baseball as much. Yeah. There are key um, positions in each sport, though. For instance, like the quarterback or the 
gosh, what are those guys called? The guys wide who run really far. The wide receivers. Wide receiver. How did you just come up with that? Because I'm awesome. Wow. I just pick up on things. They are the people that we as TV viewers see most often. Yeah. And we see them, quote unquote, succeed. What we don't see are, you know, all of the linebackers blocking yeah. so that the quarterback can throw it, you know, like. But that's a natural extension of the game. Like a quarterback can still be remarkably humble. But I think you know? there's like point guard and, you know, like there are roles within basketball sure. where you're more but, visible. But I remember, uh, I don't know why I know these things about Dennis Rodman. Uh, he was either. in a movie at one point with Jean-Claude Van Damme called Double Team, I think. Um, I think that's what it was. Anyway, uh but I remember that like Dennis Rodman, his like, I don't know if he had a record or just it was a thing he was really he was known for like rebounds. Mm. Who cares? I mean, I'm sure that's interesting, but that is not a very glamorous thing. But he found a way to make himself, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, admittedly, a lot of people made jokes about him and stuff like that. But at the same time, like he is notable. I remember him and I don't follow basketball. Yeah. Um, and I know enough that like, oh, he was the rebound guy. Who cares about the rebound guy when he's Dennis Rodman? You know about him. You know, so yeah. I feel like there's a way to take even an unglamorous thing and turn it into a, 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 a more glamorous memorable. role. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, sorry, we got we got off topic. It so was more just tool. yeah. Don't want to see Scott him back. is ridiculous. I don't want to see him back. I would see Jason a million times over Scott. I mean, I think that plays into this episode. Like, yes. why in the world are you doing ridiculously childish things this late in the game? Do you not understand that these people are jury members? Yeah, that's it's that's like the issue. Not understanding the game. I mean, what wound up happening is I I don't remember if it was Aubrey or I think it was Aubrey who wound up ascribing more to what they were doing than what they were actually doing. Mm. She said, "I I see what they're trying to do. They're trying to make us hate them so much that we put votes on them and then they play an idol. That's what they're trying to do." Uh, Scott specifically. Um, and so now I don't think that's necessarily what they were trying to do. I don't think they could even think that far. Right. She that was, would actually be strategic. <clears throat> exactly. And so if the, if the three of them made it to the end, well, obviously Ty wins, but <laughs> if, if Scott made it to the end and Aubrey's on the jury, she might give him more credit than he is due. Yeah. Um, you know, and so, cause it, players have done that, done that in the past. They've That's said like, true. all right, I'm going to make everybody hate me and then I'm going to play an idol. Now it turns out that the idol that Randy played was fake, uh, in that plan, but it was a good plan nonetheless. Um, yeah, so I yeah I do want to kick things off the way the the episode itself does, which is uh, Scott and Jason are are angry and they're like, okay, we're gonna hide the machete, we're gonna hide the uh, the hatchet, we're gonna we're gonna pour water over the fire and and that sort of thing, and it does seem petulant. And one thing, and this jumps ahead a little bit, but uh, it's it's late at night, and then Ty himself decides I, I'm gonna put out the fire too. And in that moment, like it's, it's frustrating that he does it. But at the same time, I found myself feeling like a protective parent being like, you stay away from those boys. They're a bad influence on you. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah. And I, Ty has drunk the Kool-Aid. He is in with them and I'm not entirely sure why I, he's in with them. I don't know how much he is in with them. I think he realizes like, well, we need this super idol. Like that's going to save me, which means I got to 
I got to be with these guys. Which is not thinking long term. It isn't. But if you look at it the way Julia looked at it, if Ty, what did I just say? And I said it as a foregone conclusion. If Ty, Jason, and Scott go to the end, Ty wins by a wide margin, I would say. I think it's very difficult to get to the end. I think it's even harder to get you and the couple of people that you want to sit next to you to the end. Yeah. I don't think that that's realistic. When you, Okay. I think the super idol can get them through, A, if they know how to play it, if they know how to use it so that they actually don't get votes put on them then it's like, all right, that can save them for a couple of votes. Then they might actually have to use it. And by that time, enough people have been eliminated that now we're down to Ty, Scott, and Jason. All three are pretty good immunity threats. And by that time, they've got Julia, because Julia is also going to be fighting for Jason and Scott to stick around. So, I don't know. I, I feel like if they play the idol right, which they might not, but I think they did pretty well this time. I think that is you doing what Aubrey is doing, which is giving them a lot of credit. I'll give Ty credit. Um, I'm not even going to give him credit. Yeah, I guess he's made some bad moves. He's made some terrible decisions. He said some things that he shouldn't have said. Yeah. He is taking this mentality of, well, I guess we're at war, right? Yeah. Why are we again? I guess we are. So I guess I'll put out the fire He's like a drone at this point. He has no idea why he's doing the things he's doing. And at, at the very least, he's not expressing that to us in his confessionals. If he were strategic enough to be able to say what Aubrey is saying or what Julia is saying, which is this is strategic for me to keep them around. I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. These guys are crazy, but I'm going to go along with them because then I will look like the winner. But he's never getting that far. He's just saying, these guys are on a whole other level. I don't want to be as mean as them, but shrug shoulders. Oh, well, I guess I will. And maybe he's just not as articulate about it, but he understands yeah. it. But right now, I'm not a big Ty fan. Well, I do see him as feeling like he's in a bad place. He's not with the other alliance. And he's with this, like, you know, this super idol makes strange bedfellows. Um, he needs to be with these other guys if he's going to do this thing. And if he's in with an alliance that strategic or not is still powerful, that can get him pretty far. The trouble far. is that now he has both idols in his own pocket, and I don't think it will even occur to him to go to the girls and say, technically, I possess both of these idols. And I, I don't need them. Yeah, it's for the uh, same reason that Julia says, let's keep them around because everyone hates them and I want to go to the end with them. He should be thinking that, but I don't know that he has put that together. I could see for a number of reasons. I could see a really good Julia Ty alliance coming out of this. Sure. Because they're both beauties. They both now find themselves part of a four person alliance with two guys that are very unlikable but also very strong mm -hmm. and it's like all right the four of us moving forward because she is she has shown herself to be a fairly strategic thinker um the four of us moving forward i think you're putting a lot of credence or a lot of points in jason or scott's court for them being strong when the only two winners of individual immunities have been ty and julia so far you I know mean, like, strong as far as like this is the group that has this idol now. Although I guess I maybe see. Ty sees himself 
I, it's hard to know how the super idol thing works. Can it now? Can it? Can these two separate idols still be used as normal idols, or is it now? Sure. Okay. All right. Um, it's only at the time of playing. If they, if some, if anyone chooses to play two at once, yeah, they're not a super idol yet. That's true. And they're if, just idols. And they, ha- I mean, they made a big deal. Like they are giving their idol to Ty. He now has two. I don't know the purpose of doing that except to just showmanship of just yeah cockiness. Basically, there is also. I mean, if I'm Ty and that happens. That buys some goodwill with me that like, oh, wow, they're trusting me with this. You right. know? And he's the type, I think, that if somebody shows that they trust him, he might be loyal to them. Right. Um, it yeah. is true that if they if those three are truly a threesome until the end, if any one of them gets immunity, then now all three of them do. Yeah. They can make it last a long time or they could completely blow it because I just don't know how strong their strategic game is. Well, and that's the thing. I'd be right there with you if it weren't for the alliance on the other side that opposes them. Mm-hmm. As much as I love Aubrey, as mm-hmm. much as I love Sydney, and I think Michelle's pretty smart too. Joe's a non-entity, obviously, oh. but like they, I think, are overthinking things, and I and I think it's causing them to actually make bad decisions. I think sure. voting Debbie out was a bad decision. I don't know what else they could have done, but I think voting. Debbie it was, was that a Russian decision. roulette. Yeah, that's true. I think that was a bad decision as well. I do think that they're overthinking things, and yet none of them are thinking enough. None of them are thinking, yeah, maybe Julia's right. Maybe I want to be the person that goes to the end yeah. with Scott and Jason. Yeah. They just if see you these... were Sydney, would you want to be sitting next to Aubrey and vice versa? No. no. I wouldn't want to be like Michelle hasn't made any enemies. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're all kind of medium. Yeah, there's nothing to distinguish one from another. Mm. There's nothing to distinguish Jason from Scott and vice versa. Oh, I see. Either. Yeah, yeah. Um, like yeah, if, like if, if, if these it guys, Sydney, Julie, or excuse me, Sydney, Michelle, and Aubrey at the end. Yeah. In how end, can you just, argue who played the better game? Yeah. In the end, it's just who can defend their game the best like right. who, who has you know who's able to summon up the the right words at that point what's, which i think would probably be aubrey what's really interesting about this is that scott's alliance looks at his volatile behavior and is like yeah man go for it keep yeah. doing it whereas debbie's alliance looked at her volatile behavior and was like we need to get rid of her yeah. we cannot predict her and they're kind of on opposite ends of the spectrum. But I think that's a decision that comes out of numbers. You know, Scott's alliance was a three-person alliance sure. facing down a six-person alliance. Now mm-hmm. there's obviously some shifts. But, um, but yeah, it's, it is weird to think because Debbie's not necessarily volatile. She's not unpredictable. She has told you what she's going to do. <laughs> it's just that you can't influence her. Once she has made up her can't mind. influence uh, Joe either yeah. the two of them you know I, I feel like Joe is Joe's an obvious goat if I go to oh, the, yeah. I, I want to go to the end with Joe and either Scott or Jason mm-hmm. and I'm in like mm-hmm. I'm it doesn't matter if I'm Ty it doesn't matter if I'm Aubrey or anything like that you go with Joe he can't make an argument for any game he's played and then everybody hates Scott and Jason like that's the way to go um, but yeah it's uh but Joe is also, Joe, it, he could wind up going the same way as Debbie because 
he has a very specific idea of loyalty, a very specific idea of how things should be, but that's just not how they are. And he's not able to adapt. And if you can't adapt, not only will you not win, but also other people like I need people in my alliance that are able to adapt. Mm -hmm. So I need to get rid of him. Mm -hmm. So he might be like the next one to go. Yeah. Although at this point, I think now it's four to four. Yeah. They need numbers. Yeah. But I mean, Julia voted with the girls. She voted with the girls because three. Yeah. But if the, if the girls had all decided let's vote for Scott, I don't think she would have done that. Absolutely. You know, she's in a great place because she fulfilled what Scott and Jason wanted her to do. Yeah. Which is to not vote for one of the three of them. Yeah. And she fulfilled what the girls wanted her to do. She is in the best possible spot. Yeah. And even though the girls are suspicious of her, I mean, she was sure. the target. Yeah. Um, and it remains to be seen if, if, if the girls she held, was a target and yet they involved her in the final plan too. She's could, in a really weird spot, which, which leads me to something that I wanted to, I wasn't sure what I thought of this okay. um, as an idea, but if you're Aubrey or Sydney mm-hmm. and you want to, I, I want to take out Debbie regardless of if that's a good idea or not. Okay. Well, we're going to need more people than we have. <clears throat> we're going to need one more person. So, I guess it could be Julia, but they're not totally sure if they can trust Julia. As opposed to, they could then go to Jason or Scott and say, hey, look, we're we're voting out Debbie. Do you guys want to vote with us? Would like, they have trusted them, though? I mean, I think, I think so. If it's just like, you know, whatever. There, there isn't, uh, who is it? Suri and also... Um, Sandra, the idea of like, well, anybody but me. And when you're when it's three people versus seemingly six people or even four people versus five, and then the five are telling you, hey, we want to take out one of ours. Do we have your votes? Yes, of course. Because now once that's done, now it's four to four. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You have my vote. That's where I think their unpredictability and volatileness is not going to work in their favor because they could have then said, Oh, well now there's dissension in the ranks. I'm going to go to Debbie and tell her that she's about to get voted out. You know, they wouldn't use that chance to necessarily stay in the game. They would use that to create more chaos. Yeah. uh, Yeah. That was the thing is you never quite know they can use that to work against Aubrey and Sydney and then go to Debbie who admittedly wouldn't probably wouldn't trust what they had to say, but they say like, Hey, they're, I don't know why, Julia but they say was they're the one to tell her they, you know? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Cause it's clear. Debbie trusts Julia yeah. uh, com- completely. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's really, it's really tough. I do like the idea and it's, and sometimes it works, but I do like the idea. It's like, okay, we're not sure if we can trust Julia, but we know we can't trust like we know that we're not in an alliance with Scott and Jason and that's at least a thing we know for sure. Whereas this other thing is uncertain and indeed like Julia could have changed her vote and gone and Sydney could have been gone. It was really just up to yeah. her. Whereas if you, if you try to get these guys on board, then you have it, you at least know that like, well, there's no reason for them to flip. I think you that would have been hard. How do you get the chance to talk to any of them? Cause you're not supposed to be speaking to them. Right. And then what do they do with that information? But it's the same gamble with Julia. Yeah. It's a very, it's an odd dynamic right now. 
This is what I find most interesting about this episode is that I remember talking with Reed about his season mm-hmm. and that each season has an overall culture or peer pressure um, that you enter into. Mm-hmm. His season was rife with people. I will give up my yeah. reward because this person hasn't had anything. This yeah. idea of selflessness in the midst of selfishness, there's, you know, we're all trying to get a million dollars. So we're all selfish, obviously. But this idea of this is, this is the culture that I have entered into. Yeah. And he, um, very poignantly pointed out sort of other cultures of other seasons, none of which I can remember at the moment, Mm -hmm. but I think this episode kind of embodies what this season could be about, which is just, at least in this episode, I don't know entirely if I'm right, but this idea of like cheerfulness and just rising up against things where, you know, like in past seasons, if Scott had dumped the water on the fire, someone would have said like, dude, you know, like we're the jury that you're dumping the fire out on. Like we're never going to vote for you. It would have turned to somebody going negative. And for a good 20 minutes, it didn't. They were like, that's fine. We'll just do the coconuts this way. And this is so much fun. Yeah. It was bizarre. And it was group mentality, which I think is the most fascinating part of this game. Well, it's group mentality on the other side as well. You've got tied. Yes, putting the fire out. Exactly. It's people digging in their heels and kind of drawing the line and saying like, all right, here's where we are. I'm not going to let you affect me. I'm going to do what I'm going to do or more specifically, we're going to do what we're going to do. And that's why I think that's what makes Julia such a good player because though she's sort of obvious in doing so, she's like, well, wait a second. I can cross this line. No problem. Mm -hmm. I don't, does does nobody else know this? And, and that is why Julia is not my favorite player at the moment, but boy, if you'd asked me, at the beginning of the season. Hey, what do you think of Julia? My first thought would be, who Who? are you talking about? And then shortly followed up with, Oh, the 18 year old, uh, attractive blonde girl. Right. Yeah. I don't think I'm going to be much in her favor, Yeah, but she has shown herself to be adaptable and it is risky, but at the same time, she recognizes I'm on the bottom of one Alliance and these guys are clearly willing to do outlandish things. And, then they're going to, it's like, and if I, if I, if I go to them, they'll welcome me with open arms. People that I can beat very easily are going to welcome me with open arms mm-hmm. as opposed to this other, uh, this other alliance where I am on the bottom and I'm with a bunch of, of likable people. She's got to know that she's on the bottom of the four of them though. But uh, it's, I don't know. That's the thing is it's, it's tough because you're aligned with people that yes, you can beat at the end, but also people that everybody wants out first. She didn't necessarily know that everyone that uh, Sydney and Aubrey were targeting her, though, although I'm sure she probably suspected it. I don't it's hard know. To know. Hard to know. I guess when you're on the bottom of a four person alliance, you only and you're going to a final three, you only end up having to convince them to not take Ty. Like Ty will beat both of you. So you yeah. should take me. Yeah, that's that's got to be it. You know, you, you keep somebody like Ty around who even when he is being treacherous and even that word doesn't seem right even when he's being kind of a a little jerk um 
he's still likable and he's still, you get, you put him in front of the jury and like, he'll cry about the bad things he's done. He'll say adorable things. He'll make you laugh and he'll be very genuine and endearing. That is a tough person to beat. Even if the jury comes in, not being happy with everything he's done, they, they still like him. They're still on his side. And if you're Julia, it's just like, Hey, who are you going to go to the end with me or Ty? Mm -hmm. You know, Ty is an obvious is a unless he makes some huge mistakes between now and then now and and the end where he really screws some people over unless he does that like he is as sure a winner as I, I'm sorry to bring it up because they're both uh, Asian but like Yao Man was such an obvious winner yeah. that that you know even Earl who is loyal to him said yeah I can't keep him around what's interesting about this too again group mentality and I think this is showing the evolution of survivor is that we are both making the assumption that neither Jason or Scott would win. And yet what if the jury who's going to be predominantly all of these girls, the Julia yeah. screwed over, yeah. like let's assume Julia's in the final three with them. What if they're all so bitter at her for switching? And sometimes juries do award like, the really awful player they're like well good on you though you played me you know like they sort of award them for getting them out yeah but i don't think they would ever if it's about if it's you played me i think they would go i think they would award that to julia as opposed to like well we hated these guys and they just did petty stupid stuff she capitalized on a situation mm -hmm. and yes and i guess it depends on how bitter the jury is but i don't think like you said there there does seem to be a positivity like right. when nick went out he wasn't he got blindsided he wasn't angry when debbie went out she wasn't super angry yeah i get the impression positive group i get the impression that almost anybody almost anybody going out is going to be like hey what are you going to do yeah. you know i'm a little bit pissed but it's a game and i did what i could and so i don't think i don't think this is going to be a very bitter jury um i think if scott gets voted out like he's he will be a bitter guy but he's not going to be able to influence anybody else right um so yeah it's uh at this point, there are a number of people that I can see winning or at least having a really good argument for I should win. Mm -hmm. I think I think Aubrey, Aubrey, even though a lot of her plans don't work out and it's arguable whether that makes Debbie was a smart move. But but I think she's I think she is smart and she can make the argument. I've been playing the game this whole time. Yeah. Um, I think Sydney kind of a same, same thing. Also, she, she's likable and charismatic, uh, Ty, Julia trying to think if there's anybody else, maybe like Michelle by default, which mm -hmm. sometimes happens. Yeah. I don't think Scott has an argument. Joe certainly doesn't have an argument. Jason is charismatic enough that he might be able to swing somebody. Sure. And I will also say that, um, of the people that I think have a path to victory, uh, it sounds much loftier than just like, yeah, they could win. Um, of those people, I'm, I'm pretty much happy with all of them. If Aubrey won, I'd be fine with it. If Ty or Sydney, um, or Julia won, I'd be fine with, with all of those. Mm -hmm. Um, and so there, there have been seasons in the past where there, there are a couple people that could win. I'm like, I'm not going to be happy if that, yeah. if that occurs, but uh, yeah, so I don't know. I feel like maybe that I feel like that's sort of a testament to the season mm -hmm. that um, again, great casting. 
Yeah, and, and I would not would have expected it. Have known how would they have known even when casting that these people would react to each other the way they have? That's that's the big thing. Yeah, um, and that's what always fascinates me about like an all star season or something like that. We I'm so used to seeing these people in such a specific situation that how on earth is this going to work out? And I think that's one of the reasons why heroes and villains worked so well is because you get these huge personalities. Mm -hmm. It's not merely all stars, but when you designate somebody, you're a hero or you're a villain. Like all you have to do is say that to somebody, this is how we see you. And the person will just naturally start to accommodate you in that way. Um, and, and then if you're a villain or even if you're a hero, it's like, okay, well, I need to be the best villain. I need to be the biggest villain. And so you, that's when you get like Russell and Rob just like butting heads and uh, Tom and James and stuff like that. So it's, uh, it's really interesting. And, and so when the next time they do an all-star season, I'm interested to see if they bring any back anybody back from this season. I assume they will. And I'm trying to think who, uh, who it would be. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Switching gears a little, what did mm -hmm. you think of Jeff sort of before the reward challenge, um, trying to talk to them about what Scott had done around camp and dissension? And I understand how it played into it as far as picking teams. That segued nicely, but it seemed like clunky to me. I mean, it's it's it didn't it didn't seem clunky. It just seemed obvious. It's it's basically yeah. uh, we don't want to wait for tribal council to get Jeff in on this, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and just like, because when Jeff asks a question, he's stirring things up. Yeah. It's like, I don't want to wait another two days to stir this up. It's already being stirred up. But like, I want, I want people to start declaring things, mm -hmm. um, in front of everybody. That's what I want. And so, yeah, it seems it's, it wasn't necessary. Um, you know, but it makes it's interesting. for, it's interesting. Um, and like you said, it did lead very, it, it led into such a, such an odd development where it's not a schoolyard pick. Instead, it's uh, divide yourselves however you like. Mm -hmm. And when it's, you know, when it's, uh, and one person needs to sit out. So it's basically, uh, gosh, I'm not good with this. Sorry. Oh, so that's right. It would be, it would need, it needs to be four to four, one person sitting out, but it's, it's a uh, three to five. Mm -hmm. So wh whoever, if anybody volunteers to go over, unless that person then decides to completely throw the challenge and screw it up for the other team, then everyone is immediately going to be suspicious of why did you volunteer so quickly? Um, this makes me curious though, if they had done a schoolyard pick would, would Jason, Scott, and Ty have all ended up on the same team? Maybe not. If he hadn't stirred the pot, if he hadn't asked those questions, yeah. might pe somebody have picked Jason because he's stronger, or Scott because he's stronger, or Ty because he is nice? Well, that speaks to why, after the merge, having these team challenges, especially for reward, immunity, mm -hmm. obviously it needs to be a individual, but, um, but for reward, it's just like, okay, so do I work with Scott so that I can get Chinese food? Right. It's like, I want food, but am I willing to put aside certain game things in order to get it? Right. That's where I think those social decisions would have been fun to see played out. And it, to me, it feels like it was overproduced. Like they asked Jeff to ask those questions. Yeah. 
to orchestrate it a little bit in the same way that Jeff was like, well, we can just vote Alicia out right here now. Yeah. It just seemed clunky and obvious are the same word to me. It mm. seemed clunky. It seemed obvious. Those are one and the same to me in this situation. And I don't know. I just would have been curious to see who would have picked whom. That's true. I mean, drama still came from it. Yeah. You know, um, but yes, you're right. That's schoolyard pick is always interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, so, uh, as, and then as opposed to picking at random, Mm -hmm. you know, where you each have to pull out a, an egg or something. Right. Um, which they would never do because the whole point of these group reward challenges to see where alliances are. Right. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it was a really, it's, I, I enjoyed the reward challenge. I enjoyed what that, you know, there was a, a completely new seasonal development as a function of the reward challenge. So um, moving on to the immunity challenge, the one thing that I just wanted to say is that uh, it was a really well put together challenge. Mm-hmm. I, one of my of, favorites. And I don't think I've seen, a, seen this particular one before. No. We've seen versions of it where we've seen the domino thing. Sure. And then we've seen the idea that, oh, if you bump something, everything falls down. Um, but, but never to, ha- to this extent. Yeah. Really then, great. And the two people who sucked at it the most, Sydney and Scott. Yeah. And Scott had, the you know, two strongest got people. This, these giant feet yeah. uh, that are just going to knock into it doomed. every time. And at one point, I forget who it was. Somebody was like running back to get more of their card things, what it tiles. And it's like, you, you can't, and then immediately knocked everything over. It's like, you can't run in that thing. Like yeah. it requires like slow and steady wins the race. And I think at one point I liked that. I think Jason thought, Oh, I have to do it from the back. I'm going to get mm-hmm. them all closer together from the back. And that way I only have to step in. Yeah. Nobody started from the back, which I think would have been really smart. Yeah. But What's tough and what I'm not sure, I feel like this might be a flaw with the challenge. Okay. Is the domino thing is such that, you know, the tiles as they're falling, they'll fall right, they'll fall left, or they'll fall just straight down. Uh, But if they fall to the right and fall off the little platform, then they hit the structure itself and cause it to bounce. And then other things fall when they're not supposed to fall. I think that's a great aspect. It is, but it's just like... There's no human error there. You know, if somebody bumps it. There is in the first place. What was that? There is in the first place. You made one fall. It's the domino effect. Yes, but I mean, if if you have them all set up. Oh, and you're like tipping it on And you're tipping it like I'm ready to go. To the thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then all systems are go. Like, I feel like a number of people could have won before Julia. Sure. If that had not happened, but for whatever reason, hers fell just right. Yeah. Which maybe is about how she set them up. I'm not sure, but, uh, it's a factor at it the very is. least. And I think Debbie is the one who said that Julia used all her tiles. Mm-hmm. Not everybody else did. Like they were right. impatient. They wanted to get to it. Right. And, and maybe that's the, the, what you have to do is if you use all of them, then anytime they fall, then once one falls, it actually holds the one in front of it in place so they don't fall to the mm-hmm, sides. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's, maybe it is that maybe there's a very there's specific well reason. Conceived. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would like to see that one again. Mm-hmm, that one definitely. is a lot of fun. It really rewards patience yep. and diligence and that kind of thing. 
Um, I like that you could only get them one at a time because I thought, well, I'd just start stuffing them in my buff, I know. in my underwear, and stacking them on my head. Like I would carry as many over as I could. Yeah, because one at a time, you just have to keep going back and forth. But once they're all there, you can stand on one spot and space them out really well. Yes, yeah. Hmm, yeah, that's true. I wonder if if you can just like... I wonder if you could if you could just hurry up, go back and forth, and when you and not set the tile up, but just like lay them all down, just basically stack them in a way on the platform, yeah. So that if you bump it, like it's not precariously balanced; they're just laying there uh, on the. I think they would have all been on the precarious part, but not as much work would have gone into it, right? Hmm. Curious. I don't know. Again, like I. I like it. Yeah. I like the Julia one. That made it really interesting. It's funny how that works, isn't it? Yep. To me, like one of my favorite things about that is uh, one of my favorite instances of that. It was um, season uh, 25, I think, where literally everybody, everybody wanted Penner out. Mm-hmm. He had never won a challenge before. <laughs> yeah. And then he wins and everyone is just like just rolling their eyes being like of course of course because now we all have to figure out what to do i think that happened a lot with mike no well absolutely yeah 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 no question about it yeah his whole season was that basically yeah yeah Yeah, it's uh but this one was unique in the sense that she was the only one in the middle of the two alliances yeah people were gunning for her I don't know how much Aubrey could have swayed anyone else because as we said, both Debbie and Joe are just set in their ways. Yeah. It's so frustrating when people refuse to play. Yeah. And Debbie can it's really play. boring. Like Debbie showed that she has Absolutely. the ability to play, but once she makes her mind up, you can't do anything with her. Right. Joe is super boring. Yeah. No, thank you. Um, so uh, we'll move to the, the uh, tribal, tribal council. council. Um, which we talked about a little bit already, but there was there was something that um, you and I had talked about while we were watching mm-hmm. that we both really liked, that we thought was very smart. Because um, I think we are both pretty quick to say that Scott and Jason aren't the smartest players, but there is a certain intelligence to them. And the way they, the theatricality with which they presented the idols... I was reading the AV club and they said that it just seemed like a blatant attempt to create a moment, a mm. memorable moment. I was like, I guess it's that, but I think well, it's again, also, it was clunky. What do you mean? They're just clunky. You know, there's no finesse there. They might as well just given people the double bird. Like, you That's know, true. I feel like, well, finesse isn't it? Yeah, definitely not finesse, but I do think that, I think that uh, I'll go back to the word charisma. I think Jason has a certain degree of charisma at that as he's presenting this. Um, it's in the most dickish way, though, when paired with Scott. That's true. But he, so, OK, here's I want to make sure I, I, I get this right. because okay. I wrote it down. OK. Um, so the way they reveal. OK, so they they do the uh, the rock, paper, scissor thing like, hey, we've got two idols and there are three of us. So. We're just going to do rock, paper, scissors, and we're going to see how it works out. Right. So they reveal it in chunks. Basically, first, they're like, Ty is going to play his. Yes. And the two of us are going to duke it out. Yeah. 
but we're not going to we're going to decide in the moment and what happens happens mm -hmm. you know it creates uncertainty and chaos and that's when you see people murmuring and stuff but then so though they do have the ability to do the super idol they don't say it they right. always make it clear they make it clear like we've got two idols no indication except maybe as they start to when they give it to Ty no indication before the vote that this is a, a, an ability they have so let's see this is what I wrote down. The theatricality of the reveal makes for a nice moment, but it also, but it is also to show the extreme confidence and the appearance of recklessness mm -hmm. on the part of Scott, Jason, and Ty, who actually, the, by doing the rock paper scissors thing, they're saying like, "Hey, we're leaving it up to fate." They're le they're not leaving anything up to fate, right? Like they have total con that, with that super idol, they have total control, but they are not going to let that, but. Why play it if you don't have to? Mm -hmm. So instead, let's create chaos and maybe because because the other alliance doesn't know who's going to wind up with the idol eventually, maybe that can convince them to vote for somebody, not us. Because by saying we have the super idol, so we're in charge, that's banding them all, the rest of them all together. Yeah. Great. Then we're all going to vote for one person. But if you create chaos and dissension and division... That's the only way to save yourself yeah. and save both idols. Now, little did they know that everyone was going to go after Debbie anyway, <laughs> no but kidding. maybe that solidified it. You know, maybe they're a little bit, maybe they thought, uh, let's go with Scott. Who knows? But yeah, but they come out of it with both idols and they've got Julia and one of the other people is knocked out. And Ty didn't spoil anything. Yeah. Can we talk about how he kept his mouth shut? That was wonderful. He had a nice bit of theatricality as well when they present the idol to him and he just says, I will take, he goes, I will accept this idol. And then he sits down. <laughs> I think he says like, and then I will sit down. Yes, I believe so. Uh, he is just adorable. He really is. Um, so, so Debbie gets voted out and in her final comments, she actually shows that she's a really good sport. She's not angry, which you and I both said good for her. I thought that would go away. Personally, I thought she was in shock. Sure. And the longer she spent on Ponderosa, the more angry she would get. And she didn't. No. She got other things, but she didn't get angry. Yeah. I mean, again, yeah, you, you really, the concept, the idea of positivity, because I'm so, I was so locked into this, to like what Braun was doing early in the season and what, and the, the, the bullying and that, and the pettiness. Yeah. Uh, I, I fail to recognize that there is a fair amount of positivity this season um, and it is going into and you'll you see it in Ponderosa as well. Um, you know, Nick, this is where I will say if you have not listened or watched Ponderosa, pause this. Yeah. Walk away. Go watch all three because this is going to play into every episode from here on out. And there's a lot to say about Debbie's Ponderosa. Yeah. So go watch it. Come back. Press play again. Welcome back. So <laughs> the uh, and what's interesting is each Ponderosa takes on the the, the personality tone. of the person that yes. it's about. You know, Nick's was very introspective. Yeah, because he is taking this as how do I need to change as a person? A little conceited. Sure. A little emotionless at the beginning. Yeah. Neil's. Niels felt frustrated. Yeah. You know, that's, that's a good word for it. Frustrated and incomplete. Cause a big part of his, not, not that the thing felt incomplete, but like, um, oh shoot. A lack of closure. Mm -hmm. Cause the nature of his game is that he, he got didn't no get closure. voted out. 
and so his whole his whole Andy's alone, right? But like his whole Ponderosa is talking about how, but a little goofy like Neil. Sure. I mean, all of the ice cream cones. <laughs> wow, what he wears to travel is wonderful. Yeah, um, a little goofy like him, and clearly a super fan. Mm. Nick's a little more serious, a little more intellectual. Debbie, Debbie is all over is all over the place, off the charts. Yeah, and it becomes very clear that both Neil and Nick say, "Hey, Debbie's a nice lady." They say she again, means well. the nicest, most positive things they can yeah. about her. But I'm just thinking, if you're sitting on this can of footage, if you are the producers and the editors, this Ponderosa feels mean to me. If I were Debbie or if I were Debbie's family watching this. I would be a little hurt. I would think, gosh, mom, come on, whatever. But I would also think if I were Debbie, like, come on, did you have to really show all of that? She might be decompressing. She might be digesting the fact that she got voted out. I don't, she might be doing a lot of things. She might be crazy off a rocker, but then just let her be. That's her. I felt like there was a running commentary on this one that there weren't in the other two. They allowed each of those men to present themselves. They, uh, in the, in the Nick one. Yeah. You actually have him commenting on Neil a Mm -hmm. lot and not saying super positive things. And so, and you're going to get more of that. Um, yeah. The more people that end up there, the, the, more interesting the dynamic will become but and the nature of debbie is that she's always going to inspire that i know and the editors work with what she gives to see and i'm glad that it was made but it was a little brutal it was and i and i felt bad for her but at the same time i like her i so do i (laughs) but at the same time i have never I don't think I've ever known Survivor to manufacture something. No. A, a personality. like That is all the footage she is freely giving. I yes. get that. When she is bobbing in and out of the frame, working out as she's doing it, yeah. it's clearly like, well, we're just going to hit play and she's going to do yeah. her thing. It's like, get ready to see some juggling. But editing is such a huge sure. factor in how someone is presented. That is yes. manufacturing it. Yes. I don't think they needed to cut to Neil and Nick so often. Like they could have let her be her own person. Um, and, it, and it makes me wonder like who the, uh, whoever the next person voted out will be. Mm-hmm. I'm interested to see their Ponderosa because now each Ponderosa, it's not going it's to cumulative. be solely about the person. Yeah. It's going to be about how they interact with everybody else at Ponderosa and themselves, which is why that ne- the Neil and Nick ones are so vital because you just, because it's, it's going to be introspective. Right. Um, well, and because Neil will be in the most Ponderosas because yeah. he was there first and Nick second to that and yeah. Debbie third to that and so on. Yeah. It's the first couple are, are inherently isolating right from then on it becomes more about watching these people socialize in a different the dynamic um and you know when you get debbie in a social situation you're going to get people rolling their eyes uh, whether they should or not and whether it should be included or not is another discussion but right you know it's just it's the person that she is and maybe she watches it and says like hey what are you gonna do i could see her being like that's me oh i know you know completely 
she puts down her seashells that she's juggling and says, well, let's watch this Ponderosa. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it definitely didn't feel as, it's going to sound big, didn't feel as revelatory as the other Ponderosas. Like they really felt like they were doing something special. This one felt a little bit more run of the mill as far as the older Ponderosas. Yeah. Yeah. And that might've just been what she gave them. Sure. Also, it was fascinating to see little things like Debbie doesn't, I don't think she's trying to lie, but there are literally numbers in this Ponderosa. Yeah. You weighed 101 when you came out. Yeah. And you told the guys that you weighed 96. You know, like maybe you were delirious. You get weighed very soon after getting voted out. Sure. I don't think she's trying to lie, you know, but that, that moment to me just speaks to her. Like I was a model. I was a juggler. I'm a water inspector. I'm, and it's more, what, what, what? And it's more dramatic to lose so much weight that you're now in double digits. Yeah. 101 still really low. (laughs) Yeah. 96 though, you know, she, she subtracted five and it meant going from hundreds yeah. To 90s. But not 99. Not no. two. I don't know. Yeah. It's it's almost like, okay, I'm proceeding as though she is lying. Okay. Uh, consciously. Because it, had she said 95, mm-hmm. well, that's too clean a number. You know what I mean? <laughs> 99 I is also. Purposely. I don't think I so I think either. the he- nature of humans is to exaggerate. Yeah. I think the nature of humans is to get history wrong. Yeah. You know, if you read accounts of the Titanic, very little of it lines up yeah. depending on people's perspectives. So I get that. And it I just d- exemplifies her larger issue of yeah. dramatizing and exaggerating everything she does. Yeah. And it's really, I mean, I think those gentlemen like Neil and Nick were kind i think if i were in that position i would have probably said some very rude things about her and they didn't maybe they did maybe. <laughs> and the producers ran them in but um i so i get it i just feel like on the flip side of that it didn't have to be edited quite that way i think there's something almost patronizing about the word i'm about to use okay um where when they said like, oh, you know, she means well, what they're basically saying is like, she's harmless, you know? Yeah, she's annoying sometimes, but it's not like she's Philip who who could be aggressive. I think it's what people. sometimes comes out in the Christian community of just God bless her. God bless her. Yeah, you know, yeah. you don't really actually mean God bless her. You're yeah. being rude and patronizing like, when you God say that. God better bless you because I, I have no use for you. are a lost cause. Yeah. Um, yeah, only only God and his infinite wisdom can help you now because you can't help yourself and I'm not, I'm leaving. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, and I feel, I, I almost feel bad about how, how we've been talking about her, but that is just how she is. And, and, and I think she's, if anything, hmm, hang on, is that true? I was about to say she's comfortable with who she is. Well, if she were truly comfortable, she wouldn't be saying all this stuff all the time. Right. It comes from a deep insecurity. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I would like, I would like the thing, the, uh, the coach thing where she does, she takes like a lie detector test, um, 
about every claim she's made on the show and uh, says, yep, here's my portfolio from the 1970s. And you see that she was like this beautiful model. <laughs> um, that would be marvelous. It turns out that we're all the jerks. But anyway. What happened in that situation? Was Coach proven right? Yeah. He did all of the things that he said he did? Uh, he specifically took a lie detector test about the more outrageous claims yes. uh, that he had talked about on the show. And he handed it to Jeff Probst. And it was a really nice organic moment because you can see the smile on Jeff's face where he's like, all right, it's all here. It says you weren't lying, you know? And so, and I think Jeff, either Jeff or somebody uh, said, it's like, it's like, you definitely do not think you were lying. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's a, uh, it was, a, it was a nice moment. And that's, that is what we can come away with for, with like a coach or a Philip or a Debbie, um, is that like they're goofy and they're over the top, but there is underneath, there is a, a very real desire for approval and there's nothing inherently wrong with that. Um, I have it all the time. So I have three podcasts. I think <laughs> like, that sometimes a need for approval is a bad thing. It can be. And I think it definitely can be on Survivor. It definitely is on Survivor. I think in real life, it just makes you an annoying person. You know, that... Are you, yeah. saying, are you saying I'm an annoying person? No. Oh, okay. Long pause. <laughs> um, so, okay. Uh, I think we will um, leave it there. Yeah. P really do go and watch those Ponderosas. I know that we yeah, kind of... They're going to contribute yeah. a lot to our episodes. Yeah. So watch them. Yeah. Because a lot, especially with how they're making them now, the tone of them mirrors the people that have been voted off and the overall tone of the season. They're longer. They're eight or nine minutes. Yeah. I mean, maybe they're not longer than those three or four short ones put together that they used to do, but right. this is a cumulative you know, short film and you should yeah. watch it. Yeah. There, there are a lot a of mini fun. episode. So next episode, I don't remember what the, uh, what the next time on was, but, uh, but that's all right. Cause they're you, they usually steer me wrong anyway. <laughs> um, so yeah, we will uh, go ahead and leave it there. Don't forget to like us on Facebook. You can comment in the comment section of this post at battleship pretension.com. Um, I think that is it. Thank you all for listening. As for the rest of you, got nothing for you. Grab your stuff, head back to camp. Thanks. Bye. Bye. This program is a proud member of the Battleship Pretension Fleet. 